Well, amen. Lot there in uh, Matthew chapter 16. And that's uh, 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 man, it's a great chapter. But uh, I mean, focus, if I could, if you would, look at uh, verse 13. I'm just going to reread. Starting at verse 13 down through verse 18. He said, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He saith unto them, he really gets pointed right here. He said, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, boy, what a, what a statement. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. And can I say the truth is, if you know him as Christ, it's only because the Holy Spirit of God's revealed that unto you. There's a lot of folks today that, you know, they don't mind for him to be a good man. They don't mind Jesus being a teacher. They don't even mind him being a prophet. But to be the Christ is a whole other thing. He said, Thou art the Christ. And Jesus answered, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's pray, and then we'll look at the message. I want to preach on this just for a little while this evening. What's needed as a church? Folks, if... Uh, Man, if there's ever a time in our nation where we need more churches, it's right now. And I just want to uh, just give us a few things this evening that and we need to see some new churches. We need to see churches that are existing uh, get right. And we need to see some churches just that are doing the things that are needed for this hour. So let's pray, and then we'll look at the message. Father, you're a great God. Uh, we sure do love you this evening. Lord, it is such a privilege and honor to be able to stand once again and preach the Word of God. Lord, I'm not worthy. Lord, I just ask you, please direct the thoughts of my mind this evening. Lord, I want to be a help to your people. I'm nothing. And uh, Lord, the truth is, I, I don't have anything uh, new or different. God, I just have that which uh, you've spoken to my heart about from the Word of God. And I pray that Holy Spirit should come this evening. And Lord, that you'd again fill me so that I might preach the things that would be helpful. And Lord, that you'd fill your people that they might have ears to hear. And Lord, we just ask you, please, God, meet with us in a real way. Help us, dear God, to hear from heaven. Lord, help us to, God, look to, to see the help that you have for us from the Word of God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, there in verse 18, when he uh, says, Thou art Peter, you know, I, I, I'm pretty convinced Peter was not confused about what his name was. Amen. Uh, he, he already knew his name, and Jesus was not telling Peter anything new, but I think he was doing this. He's simply uh, saying to Peter, look, you're just a uh, Petros. You're a stone. You're just a, a little uh, a stone, a pebble, if you would. But he said, upon this rock, indicating of himself. 
He said, I'll build the church. Of course, we know that today the Catholics uh, uh, want to take and have Peter as the first pope and the church being built upon Peter. But can I say that to me? Uh, does not make a lick of sense when you stop and consider. Uh, that, that, can we can we be honest tonight? That'd be okay. Amen or not? Huh? All right. Well, I, you know, sometimes folks don't want to be honest, but uh, let, let's be honest. Hey, there's nobody in here that has enough sense to start uh, what Jesus was trying to start here in his personal ministry. Uh, hey, we're just fallible men. We're talking about accomplishing the perfect work of God. See, if, if we stop and think about it for a little bit, uh, man, what a, what a transition begins to take place. We have the uh, temple worship that is going on, uh, that, that uh, Jesus has, if you will, He's entered into uh, by, uh, uh, just by time of when He's born. Uh, temple worship has been going on. It has, uh, man, it, it, if if you will, it's digressed uh, into uh, uh, much idolatry. Uh, it it is not really, uh, it is not what God intended for the work of God to be. But Jesus uh, uh, comes on the scene. Uh, it it is obvious. During his, as he starts his personal ministry, and we have here uh, in uh, uh, chapter 16, uh, Jesus uh, uh, going about all of Israel. Uh, the people have heard of him. They they know who he is. They've heard of all the miracles. And uh, well, let, let me just back up. He he back in, in fact, turn back over there. Matthew chapter four, if you would turn over there. Uh, this is right after his temptation. Jesus starts, I, I believe, Jesus started the church during his personal ministry. Amen. Uh, not, doesn't make any sense, anybody else to start it. But he has uh, uh, literally just come uh, during a time of, man, it is, it is an awful time for Israel. Uh, Rome's ruling. Uh, spiritually, they are in trouble. Uh, John the Baptist has been preaching, and the Bible says that, uh, man, many from Israel came to be baptized of John, and so there is there there is still a spiritual interest. And so uh, Jesus comes on the scene and starts his personal ministry here in Matthew chapter four, if you would look at it, starting verse uh, seventeen. <clears throat> it says this: From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, "Repent." For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, uh, uh, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Man, what we have here when it comes to a church Jesus is starting. Uh, he told Peter uh, and the other apostles back there in chapter 16, how that, yes, I, I am the Christ. Uh, here in chapter 4, the first thing I want us to see is this. It, it, is that Jesus, as He starts His church, gives the very purpose of a church. Look at it again there in verse uh, 18. Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, Andrew his brother, cast the net into the sea, for they were fishers. And He saith unto them, look at this, 
Follow me and I'll make you what? Y'all help me now. Follow me and I'll make you what? Fishers of men. Understand what Jesus is doing here is given the very purpose of His church. Man, the, the work of God has been the temple worship. Jesus comes on the scene. He starts what what is a... a and I, I don't want to call it a new work because it, it's the work of God's been going on since the garden. Right. It's always been about uh, reaching men uh, in their lost souls. Amen? Uh, salvation's always been the same. But, but obviously, things have progressed from the garden. Uh, to, during Abraham's time, then uh, we had the tabernacle there in the wilderness and all those kind of things. Now we have a temple worship. Uh, there's transitions being made. Man, I don't know about you, but that thing of being uh, a, a bunch of gypsies uh, uh, roaming around uh, the, the, the desert, the wilderness of uh, Israel, and every time you move, you got to move the, uh, the church house, if you will, with you. Uh, now they have a, a temple there in Jerusalem, and, and, a, and a, just a, a, some transitions taking place, but now even a bigger transition is to take place. Uh, we really see that kind of acts uh, in the book of Acts as uh, uh, Peter takes over as pastor. But man, Jesus has come on the scene. He he has done some things that ha- has really just riled up the religious crowd. And he's begun his church. And fellas, he he starts out here and gives just the very purpose of what his church is. He says, "Follow me." He said this, I'll make you fishers of men. Understand this evening that, listen, the heart of God's always been one thing. It's always been lost folks. Always. By the way, if Jesus here is calling these fellows to salvation, can I say that's work salvation? He's not calling them to salvation. He he is literally, again, giving him the very purpose uh, of his church. Uh, uh, he... he uh, Starts there in Galilee. He states the purpose. Uh, And and understand that uh, Jesus' heart has always been this. It's to have an assembly of soul-winning servants. Uh, I I think in in today's society, man, when we stop and look at what churches are today, and I I use that term pretty loosely, I I think just because... uh, uh, you got a sign out front that says church doesn't mean you're a church scripturally, amen. But man, what we have today, preacher called it this morning the what skinny, trendy preachers in skinny jeans, amen. That's uh, I'd not heard that one before, but that's that's exactly what they are, isn't it? I mean, uh, Pastor Trendy, I'd never heard of him. We we had Smiley down there in Houston, amen. Y'all know who Smiley is, and, and uh, I, I mean it's the same kind of stuff though. It's all about entertainment. It, it's all about just it. it, 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 it man, it, it, it is sad that churches today are not about getting folks saved. It, it's about getting numbers. And can I say, listen, uh, the truth is, the Lord's not worried about numbers. Uh, we're worried about numbers. I, I mean, it, it, we might as well be honest about it, man. I, I have to be honest with Tommy. I hate going to preacher fellowships. Yeah. 
Because in preacher fellowships, everybody wants to come around, and, and the guy that's running 100 goes ask the guy that's running 50, how you doing? You know, amen. And, and, and he lets you know, you know, man, we're running 100, and we're doing real good. And the guy running 50 is hanging his head, man, I wish we had run. And then the guy running 200 comes to the guy running 100, amen, and he says, how you doing? I mean, you want to say, shut up, you know. I mean, amen. But, but. We've gotten to where church is not about souls. It's about uh, it's about entertainment. It's about numbers. It's about seeing who who can build the bigger kingdom. Can I say God doesn't care who has the big church? Man, I, I know our preacher was preaching the other night, and he he made a statement that really I I don't think I I'd ever even thought of. He said, you know, the churches in the bush over in Africa. Give just as much glory to God as a church here in America that's got nice pews and air conditioning and all those kind of things. Maybe, maybe even more glory to Him. Because man, if the air conditioner was to go out or we lost our building, we'd almost be defunct as a church. And they come out there in the bush and, uh, I mean, don't have padded pews and the, uh, Pastor probably isn't wearing a suit and tie, amen. But yet they're there to do this, they're there to glorify God. And can I be honest, they care less what numbers are. And the truth is, folks, that the very purpose has always been for God's sake is this, it's to accomplish the work and winning souls for Christ. As Jesus starts His church here in Matthew chapter 4, He tells them plainly, he said, fellas, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Can I say this? Please don't get mad at me. I'm not trying to offend you. But can I say, if you're not winning souls, you're not following him? You you can read all the Bible you want, and I'm for Bible reading. Don't misunderstand. You can sing all the songs of Zion, and I'm for that. Amen. I, I'm for coming down here and... Man, whether it's the praying, whether it's the giving, whether it's the singing the songs of Zion, whether it's the preaching that goes on, all of those things that we do when we come down here to what we call church is great and it all ought to take place. But can I say that what God considers really what church work is, is getting out there in the highways and hedges and talking to people about the Lord Jesus Christ and getting somebody saved. Listen, his his plan was not, hey, let's do this. Let's let's get us a little social club together, and and, and please don't. I mean, I'm not trying to. I just had choir practice, and I, I I'm for choirs and all that. But can I say that that's not what church is about? I, I mean, man. Uh, again, if you're going to get mad, get mad at Brother McMurtry. Amen. He's one ask me But it, you can sing in the choir all you want, but if you're not winning souls, you're not doing the work. He didn't say, follow me and I'll make you really great singers. Amen or not? Huh? And man, we, we do. Let's, let's be honest. Here in America, man, we are. I mean... I don't think the Lord could care less whether we wear ties or not. But let's be honest, here in America, if you're not wearing a tie, you're liberal. Yeah. Okay. You guys are not wearing ties, y'all take that to heart. Uh, 
Well, I mean, the truth? I mean, if a if a pastor was if I came in here this evening and, and I, I didn't I just had my polo shirt on and, and uh, you know a pair of khakis or something, probably Brother Tommy would have said, "Now time out, Brother John." I mean, that's not how we function around here. Amen or not? I mean, and I believe rightfully so. I think you ought to be best for the Lord. Amen? But let's be honest. That, that is, he did not say, follow me and I'll make you a trendy dress. <laughs> Amen? I mean, it, it's always been about, his purpose has always been this. It's about winning souls. Yeah. Your brother, yeah. All right, you should have said something, man. What you know, wave at me, do something. I don't know. Anyway, that I mean, honest to goodness, folks, it's about. Listen, you understand what God is worried about from the very foundation of the world. Jesus started. Man, I imagine in my in my heart and mind, I just think Jesus is kind of chomping at the bit as a 29 year old young man, because we know uh, according to the law, he can't start his ministry until he's 30 years old. As a 29 year old, he already understands the work that he's called to do. He understands where he's headed. He already knows he's headed for the cross, folks. But he knows this. He's worried about somebody just like this and and somebody like this. Amen. Uh, he's worried about people. And he's watching what's going on down there at the temple. Let's be honest. They aren't doing anything to get the folks saved. Down there at the temple during this time, man, it, it's all about trying to make a buck. Yeah. I mean, remember, Jesus comes to the house of God a couple of times, man, gets him a whip one time. I don't know about you. Preacher comes in with a whip, I'm gone. <laughs> I ain't hanging around there no more, amen. I ain't going back, I ain't tithing for sure, amen. But he, he comes in with a whip, man, he starts a, uh, I mean, just starts a ruckus in there. Why? Because they, they're not doing there. They don't, they, they don't even care what the purpose of God was. But understand, during this age, folks, see, it's all about folks going to heaven. It was always about that. Before the foundation of the world, the purpose has always been. And, and understand this, we have a, a better understanding in this age than they had ever had before. Jesus made it abundantly clear, especially after the resurrection. Remember, before the resurrection, he tells the apostles, who who are they to go to? Y'all don't get scared now. It's not a trick question. Who are are the apostles to go to? Law sheep of the house of Israel. That's what he had told them, isn't it? He said, man, don't, don't go anywhere else. You go right here in Israel, talk to the lost sheep in the house of Israel. But then after his resurrection, what does he tell them? Going to all the world and preach the gospel too? See, he makes it abundantly clear. This is what my job, this is what your job is. This is what the very purpose is. Fellas, I've trained you for the last three and a half years for this purpose. To be fishers of men. Understand tonight that, listen, 
Man, we have the Word of God that makes it so clear to us. It's not about the trendy dress. It's not about, and I, I'm for the right music. I'll, I'll say something about it here in a little bit, but it, it's not about those things. See, as we get started, the, the truth is it's, it's about the right purpose. The right purpose. Uh, if you will, uh, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, anybody remember that one? The Son of Man has come to what? There you go. I mean, can he, can he make the, 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 the purpose any clearer? It's to seek and to save that which was lost. Let, let's be honest. In today's society, and, and, and I, I don't, I've never been anything but a, a Baptist, alright? I've not, I, I didn't come from the Charismatics or Assembly of Gods. I, I did grow up as a Southern Baptist, but honestly, our, our church was, uh, Man, as King James, it, it, we had good standards. We ran buses, uh, though they they were not what I would consider solid soul winners. We were having folks saved all the time, and so in my mind is, I mean, as much like what this church is. But can I, I say there are a lot of places around this nation today that their purpose, though they call themselves a church, is not. Souls. I, I was disappointed recently, and I, I know baptism isn't salvation, but there was a church there in our uh, town uh, in, in Bourbon A. Maybe it's in Bradley next door, but uh, a friend of ours had uh, uh, gone there and had put on Facebook, and she supposedly had gotten baptized. Well, she's an older lady, and she couldn't uh, she couldn't get in the baptistry. And so the, the pastor just picked up a handful of water and pours it over her head. Oh, man. You know, you just stop and think, they don't even care what the Word of God says. They, they, <laughs> I don't want to say too much, but, I, you know, you just wonder what, what folks think. Why, why do we have a church? What's it for? Well, can I say, as I get started this evening, man, the very purpose is to make fishers of men. Now, understand that that calls for this. We have to have churches with a heart for individuals. Churches not only with the right purpose, but churches with a heart for individuals. Understand this. It says, follow me and I'll make you what? So... Get get a hold of this now. See, it's not just about people getting saved, but it's about you doing the work. See, because a lot of folks, even in independent Baptist churches, come to church. They they man, I mean, during preaching time, they're shouting amen. During sing, singing time, they're singing out. The offering plate comes by, and they put their tithe check in. But when it comes soul winning time, you can't find them. And a lot of times, I said it this morning during Sunday school. I'm convinced, preacher, that a lot of times the reason people don't go is because they don't know how, and they're fearful. And I say, listen. 
He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to who? To who? Y'all help me now. See, that's just every individual. When you stop and think about it, I believe the latest statistic is we have 7.6, 7.8 billion people alive on planet Earth. I don't know about y'all, but that's a lot of folks. And we've got a pretty big job in front of us, amen or not. But see, I, I, I'm convinced with all my heart that we have what it takes to be able to accomplish that. But the problem is we're just not doing it. We're not. I mean, when, when I, I, and again, I, I said some of this in Sunday school, but when's the last time it was your focus to get somebody saved? When, when's the last time that it, I, I mean, you were so obsessed that, that everybody around you knew, man, this guy's going to ask me to come to church again. I mean, he's going to bring it up. He's going to bring up salvation again. I mean, every time I'm around it, I'm tired of being around that guy. I get sick of I mean, and I know, I get it, folks. I know we're not to, we ought not make a, uh, what's a good way to put it? You ought not be a spiritual fruit loop, amen? Because people, you're not going to reach folks like that, amen? How many of y'all have lost family? Man, just about everybody in here. Can, can I be honest with you? Man, some of the hardest people to win are your own family. Because they, they look, they know you, they've seen you through the years. But can I remind you of what Jesus told the, that, that uh, Gadarean demoniac? When he got saved and he said he wanted to go with Jesus, Jesus told him no. He said, you go home and show how great things God has done for thee. See, when it comes to family... Uh, the hardest folks to win, uh, they need to see some of the greatest things done. And see, we're, we're not, we're not too good at showing them what real Christianity is. I mean, come on, let's be honest. We, we like straightening folks out. Say amen right there now, or I'll park for a little while. That, that's, can I help you out? Your job isn't, straighten everybody, isn't to straighten everybody out. That's not my job. It's not your. I used to work for a pastor. I'm serious that he he thought his job was straighten everybody else out. Can I tell you that's not your job? Hey, man, y'all y'all don't get quiet on me because I think I treat something and I'll stay there for a little while. Now, honest, but but sometimes we we do we treat family like that like. You know, you're, you're ignorant and you don't know and I know when we're not going to reach them like that. See, they need to see some great things of how God's changed us. See, I, I don't know about you. When I first got saved, I was working in a steel mill and I noticed when I got saved, I, cussing started bothering me. Before that, it didn't bother me at all to cuss or to hear cussing. But after I got saved, man, it bothered me. And I thought, hey, cut that out. Can I tell you, they didn't get saved. And they're not going to quit their cussing just because you got saved. What they need to see, though, is me quit my cussing. Amen. See, they need to, they need to see the changed life in us. And we need to have such a heart for individuals, folks, that we're willing to go to an extreme. <laughs> 
to say to them, man, look what God can do. And you know, let's be honest, sometimes it's hard to go to the extreme. Because we don't like it. it, See, it falls back on us then. Because then they look at our testimony. Have y'all ever noticed this? I, I noticed it after I got saved, especially with family, that when when I, I was around them, they got out their spiritual magnifying glass, and they started looking at everything I do, though they were lost, amen? And it, wasn't it amazing how that they knew what saved people ought to be doing? Anybody else find that to be true? I mean, it is. It's amazing. They knew how I was supposed to be living, and they'd call me out on it. Can I say, I didn't like that. But let's be honest, they have a right to call us out on it. And the reason we don't like it is because we're not living up to what we ought to be. When the truth is, we ought to have such a heart for individuals that we're willing to do whatever God says do when it comes to showing them great things in our lives. See, because that's, understand... I get it. There's 7.8 billion people. Man, how are we going to reach them? I just know one way, one person at a time. And again, I, I'm, I told you all this morning, I'm a retarded Texan. Amen. I, I really, I, I believe that if we'd really get with it, we could see. Now understand, get this. We, we know not everybody's going to get saved. Amen. Isn't that right? I mean, we want them to, amen. We wish they'd see it. But let's be honest, even Paul said there in the end of the book of Acts, some believed, some didn't. So not everybody's going to get saved. But that's not our job. It's not our business. Our business is telling them. And we've got to admit, folks, we're falling short of that. Because we'll go to the grocery store and all kind of folks in there and I get it. You, you know, you you don't want to seem like you're an idiot. You, you, have y'all ever met spiritual Fruit Loops? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I I get it. You don't want to come off that way. But let's be honest. We could do more to reach folks than we do. And especially if we'd be more concerned with who the individuals are. Get to caring about them. And just, I'm afraid sometimes we do this, folks. We're in the wrong business. See, we get in the church business, and our job's the people business. Remember, he said back there, we read it a while ago, upon this rock, I will build my. See, it's not our business to build a church, it's not our business at all. That's the Lord's business. Man, it's every pastor's desire that every person that ever darkens that door would stay around. That he could help them to grow in the things of God. That he could see them say, but that's not our business. Man, every pastor life. I mean, thank God. I I remember the the old building down there. And man, some of the problems there with, uh, uh, I remember uh, food bank time, brother. We had to uh, go down in there in the basement and get everything out because there's uh, water down there in the basement. Man, I I mean, I look around now. We came in here yesterday. Man, what a blessing that 
God's given you a nice building like this. And man, I, I mean, it's every pastor's heart fill this thing up. I don't know about you, but man, I, I mean, you, you want to see every seat filled. Amen. But again, understand, that's not your job. Your job is just individuals. It's telling people. Getting the, just, and sometimes all we can do is get a track to them. But every one of us had heard testimonies before how God used a track. Sometimes God opens a door and we're able to spend time talking with them. Man, I, I be honest with you, I love the Bible handout ministry that we started because it's a open door for us to be able to talk to folks about Christ. They've already expressed a spiritual interest by wanting a Bible. So it's we have uh opportunity often to talk to folks about the Lord. Man, I, I, I love it. But can I say, not everybody that comes up to the Bible handout ministry gets saved. Now the other night we we uh who who were we with, Miss Debbie, when uh uh, there was Brother Angel, myself, you, and somebody else that uh, we had. We only had five Bibles we gave away, but we had three people say, "Man, that's that's the best percentage we've ever had." I thought, "Man, praise God, that's sixty percent." I I'd go for that every time. Then I come over here, we have one out of twenty. I go, "Well, you know," and thank God, Brother Hugo didn't even hang around the Bible handout. He went looking for somebody. Amen. Why did he do that? Just a heart for individuals. And sometimes I think, man, it, 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 we're in a good church with a good pastor that's taught you those things. But sometimes we just forget what the job is. We're not in the church business. It's a great building. Man, nice air conditioners, nice chairs. But this isn't your job. Your job's the lost folks out there. It's the people business. Can I say quickly, the truth is we need churches with a strong Bible foundation. Churches with a strong Bible foundation. Y'all turn over quickly, Second Second Timothy chapter 4. If you know your Bible, you know that there in chapter 4, the Lord talks about some things that's coming towards the end. I'm going to start reading verse 1 there. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead. In other words, He's going to judge the saved and the lost. It is appearing. Uh, in his appearing, or uh, He will have the judgment seat of Christ. And then He said it is kingdom. At the end of His kingdom, He'll judge the dead and at the great white throne judgment. And he said, because of those things, look at this, preach the word. He said, be instant, in season, out of season. Man, when it's convenient, when it's not, whether they like it or not, he said, go ahead and preach. Then he says this, reprove, rebuke, exhort. Have you ever noticed this? Two-thirds of preaching is negative. Man, no wonder everybody gets mad at preachers. Amen? I mean, God set us up. Two-thirds, reprove, rebuke. He said, then exhort. Then you can build them up. That's what he says, though, with all long suffering and doctrine. 
Can I be honest with you? That long suffering part's hard, isn't it, brother? I mean, cause you you want to see folks get in and get. I mean, just get with it in their life. Y'all understand this? Jesus said, "The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm come that they might have life. They might have it more abundantly." Can I tell you that's ever pastor's heart? Is to see his people have an abundant life in Christ. To see God's hand of blessing on them. And man, he knows if they're just half in, half out, they're not faithful, not reading their Bible, they're not involved in the work, man, God's not going to bless their life like they could have the blessings of God on their life. But he said here, he said, for the time will come. They'll not endure sound doctrine. Can I say we're here, folks? Because you go ahead and preach the Word of God today, and uh, you're, you're going to get more folks that leave than stay. He said the time will come, and they'll not endure sound doctrine. But shall, it says, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, they'll turn away their ears from the truth, shall be turned unto fables. Folks, we, we understand this. See, a church is not a building. A church is people. And I say this, this church scripturally is only as strong as the weakest member. Folks, it, it's not just that the pastor knows the Word of God. It's that everyone here ought to know this book. We, we we ought to know the Scripture. You know, it's not enough to say, well, the Bible says. Or, well, my preacher said. No, the truth is, it ought to be that you know where to take them in the Scriptures. How many of y'all have ever been in that position where, man, you're talking to somebody about the things of God, and they ask a question, and all of a sudden you're stumped? Everybody, I hate to, I, I told Brother Tommy this morning, man, don't let them play stump the missionary during Sunday school, amen? That's an awful position to be in, isn't it? I mean, they ask a question and all of a sudden you don't know the answer and let's be honest, all of us are, none of us know the Bible like we ought to. We've all been stumped before. But sometimes there's some easy things that are asked that we get stumped and we hadn't ought to. It ought to be, folks. I, I listen. Don't please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But if you're reading your Bible through every year just to read it through every year, can I say you've not helped yourself? I, I get it. You're you're going to get help just by reading your Bible through. But can I say this? If you'll read it to understand it, to get something out of it. That's more important than just reading it through. Now, I'm for you reading it through. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I I think it's helpful to read it through every year. But if you're just reading to read words, you've not got the help that you need from God. Man, you ought to slow down a little bit. Understand what the Word of God's saying. Why? So that, man, we have a strong Bible foundation. So that we know this book. By the way, you're not going to know God like you ought to if you don't know this book. Amen? I mean, that's the truth. Listen, can I say this? It starts with the right book. If we're going to have the right uh, Bible foundation, it starts with the right book, this old King James. I, and I know, let's be honest, man, there's more versions out there today than you can count. 
perversions we call them. And I mean, there there are folks that that they're. I mean, they are convinced that you know you they cannot understand thee and thou and ye. Come on, they cannot be that simple-minded. There was a preacher not long ago, and I wish I would have taken better notes, I guess, but he started reading some of the words that in in some of the the versions that they say, well, this is easier reading, but he was reading some of the words that they have in there. And man, they were not common English at all, and I didn't even know what the words meant. And I thought, how is that supposed to be easier read? Folks, the King James is written on an elementary level. And, And thee and thou, come on. That's a, how many of y'all know what ye is? Just a singular personal pronoun, amen? It's not that difficult. But, but see, Satan is so taken and twisted. He started it back in the garden. He brought it through today. But you can't understand that book. The truth is, it starts with the right book. Can I say this? Needs the right doctrine. Is it grace? Uh, see, I'm confused. There's a termite and a yo-yo right now. For by grace are you saved through faith. This book right here tells me that when I get saved, I'm saved all eternity. Man, aren't you glad you don't have to try to keep it? How many of y'all would still have it if you had to keep it for yourself? Amen. I don't know about you. I lost it long ago. Amen. But it's the the right book, the right doctrine, the right music. And I'll be honest, I don't understand the crowd that wants to bring the worldly music into the house of God. I don't get that. See, I got saved out of that mess. If I want to listen to honky-tonk music, I go to the beer joint. Amen. If I want to listen to the rock music, I can go down to the concert. But see, there's there's something different about the music down here. See, I, I don't believe it's well. Let me say, I, let me say it this way. I believe it's sacred music. See, it's separated unto God. There's a difference in between God's music and the world's music. Man, you get to singing the songs of Zion. I don't know about you, just something fills my heart. Man, I enjoy, I, 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 just the, the old fashioned, I heard an old, old story, how Savior came from glory. I gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I don't know about you, but that stirs my heart, man. I, I'm not worth, I, I, I mean, I, can I, I can't stand it. I go into church and, and they sing like it's a funeral dirge. Amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Come on, man. Get a little life behind that stuff. Amen. But sometimes, man, we, we do, if we're not careful, instead of singing to God's glory, Man, we get to dragging around in life. We're not singing the songs of Zion like we ought to sing. 
our heart doesn't get filled with the glory of God. And I know there's been services. I, I remember one service in particular, Brother Tommy, when I was pastoring. We had a group, a family come in, uh, named the Callmeyers. I think my wife said something to your wife about it yesterday. And the, the Callmeyers were just his mom and dad and two girls. And one of the girls had Down syndrome. And they came in that morning. They were from down in Missouri. I was pastoring down in Texas, and they came that morning and uh, sang. And I don't know, they had sung three or four songs, and they had the Down Syndrome girl get up and sing a song with them. And when they got through it, the song, she did something that they said she had never done before. She just started it. She's walking back to her seat. She'd stop and she'd say, I love you, and God loves you. And she'd go to the next person, I love you, and God loves you. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit of God showed up, man. Just from singing the songs of Zion. I'll be honest with you, I didn't even preach that night, brother. I just, I, I, I was scared I was going to mess something up. So I said, y'all just, y'all come on. Man, the altars were filled. And I say, it, it's, it's not about us. It's about lifting up the Lord. And that's the right doctrine, folks. Sometimes we get to, I'll be honest with you, sometimes as preachers we get to thinking that we're the ones that's going to bring glory down. No, sir. See, it's still about Him. In the Bible, if we are real clear about it, we get to preaching about Him. and He's increased and we're decreased. That's when God gets glory. And that's really what it's about. You know, the Spirit of God wants to work in our hearts, folks. When we come down to the house of God and, man, hear the, sing the songs of Zion and hear the Word of God read, hear the Word of God preached, and I say every time the Holy Spirit of God wants to show up and work in our hearts. Especially... Folks, can I say, that? listen, we're in a unique time. I, I really believe, man, the Lord's about to come back. And I, I, don't, I don't, you know, I, I know we may differ on when he's going to show up. I don't care. I know this, he's going to show up. And when he shows up, you better be ready. And the truth is, you listen to me, I, it's not going to be long. And man... We're going to get caught up out of here, and our work's going to be done then. And can I say this? I believe in America there's far too many folks going to be left here. And a lot of times it's because we didn't do the job we were supposed to be doing. And I know that's not popular type preaching. See, I'm talking about what's needed as churches. Folks, you're the church. And it doesn't matter who you are. God can use you. We were down at Brother Danny Dodson's. You know Brother Dodson. We were doing a Bible handout in a Walmart parking lot. There's only three adults there. And there was two uh, uh, kids there with us. One of them was a nine-year-old boy. What was his name, Miss Debbie? You, Bradley. Now, Bradley's in a good church, has good parents. His dad's from Guatemala. And uh Bradley, I mean, he's 
been involved in the bus ministry and junior church, all that stuff. And to be honest, Bradley knows how to win souls, but I really did not know that. So we're at the Bible handout. All three of the adults are busy. Bradley had been with me most of the day uh, talking to folks, and he'd listened to what I did. Well, there's a fellow dro- drove up, and all three adults are busy. And so Bradley grabs a Bible and goes over there, begins to talk to the man uh, sitting in the car. And this nine-year-old boy ends up leading that man to Christ. See, can I tell you what I think? See, God wanted that save that fellow saved so bad. And he could use just a simple-minded nine-year-old boy. And sometimes we get to thinking that, man, God has to have me. No, he doesn't. But he sure wants to have you. He wants to use you. But folks, we're going to have to have the right purpose in mind. We're going to have to have the right care for individuals in mind. Can I say, I believe you better have the right doctrine in mind. You better be straight on what this book is. Let me close with this. We need churches with a heart for revival. We need churches with a heart to duplicate themselves. And I was excited to hear Brother Austin say he wants to one day start a church. Man, that's that's exciting to me. We need more young men, more old men. I don't care who it is. Now, ladies, you're, no. Uh, <laughs> some of the ladies that jump at that, amen. Uh, but can I say we need men of God that will step up because the truth is I believe a lot of folks have quit answering the call of God. I don't believe God's calling any less. I believe just folks aren't listening. Folks are turning him off. You young ladies, you listen to me. Uh, you, you ladies that are maybe even married. And listen, if your husband uh, chooses to, God calls him and he surrenders, I know it can be a scary thought. But can I say it's worth it all? And you, you, young ladies, uh, I'm sorry, Miss McMurtry, you're sitting right there and you, you're kind of a target, amen? Man, keep your mind towards, won't God use me to help some preacher? Because the truth, you listen, you listen, there's a lot of preachers that need the help of good young women. Because there's a lot of, might as well be honest about it. There's a lot of young ladies today that they're looking more for money, looking for prestige. And can I say you're not going to get that in the ministry? Hey, man, you might get to be uh, a little older and your husband come and say, we're selling our house, we're moving in a fifth wheel. And here we go. Amen. <laughs> I mean, can I be honest with you? That that was hard to go from an 1,800-square-foot house down to 320 square feet and traveling all over the nation. And and I'm I'm in my 60s. Uh, And can I say, I'd like to have a home somewhere. It'd be nice, wouldn't it, honey, to be permanent somewhere. 
But that's not what God has for me. And can I say, it's exciting sometimes. Well, I'd say it more, it's exciting all the time. You never know what's going to happen, where you're going to be next. Man, get to go around. I, I mean, many of y'all, uh, when we were here, I guess it's probably seven years ago, Brother Tommy, six or seven years ago that we were here. Uh, most, uh, most of the folks that are here now were not here then. A lot of new faces. So we get to come to churches like this all the time, meet new people. It, it, it's exciting. Now, Brother Jerry, we've known from our home church there, and that was a blessing to see them. But uh, can I say surrendering to the will of God is the greatest thing you'd ever do, though. We need churches, people in churches that want to duplicate what's going on here. But can I say to close, we need churches that want revival. There's not a, it's not popular today to preach hard. It's not popular today to deal with sin from the pulpit. It's not popular today to preach on how you ought to live. And the truth is, man, when you get up and you preach the whole counsel of God, Brother Tommy, the truth is you've got to deal with lifestyle. You've got to deal with dress. You, I mean, marriage, family. Uh, I mean, you understand God's interested in how you raise your kids. Amen. Because that, see, that affects your testimony. And as a pastor, you get up and you preach those things and many times... Man, folks get mad instead of getting right. And out the door they go, amen or not, preacher. But then there's that crowd that just has a hunger and wants to hang around and likes what's going on. And can I say, man, we need to be hungry for revival. Because our nation's in the midst of a moral freefall, folks. We might as well be honest about it. A lot of so-called Christians, and I, I don't, I don't know folks' hearts, but a lot of so-called Christians today are involved more in the world than they are the things of God. Now, I thank God for churches like this. When you look around and you see people that have a hunger for the things of God, a hunger for souls. I mean, come on, who who stays after church and wants to go out soul winning on Sunday? I go take a nap, amen? That's what Baptists do. I told Brother Tommy, I'm going home. I'm going to take a nap, amen? And and you bunch of Fruit Loops stay here and go soul winning. And Can I say that we need more churches like that? And see, that to me it says this. There's a people here that's hungry for the things of God. Man, we need other churches that are hungry for the things of God. Brother Austin, if the Lord tarries is coming long enough and you get started, and duplicate what you see here. Try to gather, gather up a crowd of folks that are hungry for the things of God, hungry for this book. Give them a desire to want to get close to God. There's not a person in here that would say, I'm not as close as I 
want to be. I think most of us, if we were honest, would say, I, I want to get closer. I want to be in my Bible more. I want to pray more. I want to see God use me more. And folks, the truth is, in the age we live in, man, we need revival in a desperate way. We need that hunger that only the Holy Spirit of God can feel. In America, we've gotten to where, man, the altar isn't used anymore. I, I don't know. I, again, I know you and I have talked about it, preacher. I'm forgiven an invitation at every service. I, to me, you never know what God's going to do. But can I say this? Man, listen. God speaks to your heart. Doesn't matter what's going on in the service, the preaching's going on, the singing's going on. Get to the altar. There's a lot of good decisions made in an old fashioned altar. It doesn't end there, by the way. The altar is just a beginning. Folks, there used to be a lot of good decisions made in altars. I'm, I'm just preaching my heart this evening. I'm not the pastor here, so you don't, you follow your pastor, amen. But but I believe I have the liberty to preach my heart, amen or not, preacher. See, we don't want to miss what God's doing. And too many times we get hard. We lose the tears. We lose, and I know Christianity isn't emotion. But I, I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for a love relationship that didn't have some emotion involved in it. It ought to be that there's some emotion involved in our Christian life. We ought to get broken hearted when we're disobedient. We ought to get broken hearted when we get indifferent to the things of God. Ought to be something down in here that says, man, I don't want to stay here. I want to get right. And I want to get right right now. We need some good churches in America. I said it this morning during Sunday school. We're losing our nation. And I, I, I look around, man. I mean, just a diverse group here tonight. Can I say to me, this is representative of our nation. It's a good, diverse group of folks. But we're losing people just like you. People out there that they're confused because of the things that are being preached today, the false doctrine. Man, the, the, whether it's the internet or whether it's the TV or the radio, it's filled with confusion and doctrine today. The rock and roll churches and all that kind of stuff have people so mixed up. They need to see something that's real. Something that has some fire behind it. Something that they can see how great things God has done. The church is individuals. Church is not a place.
Can I say we need churches like you? Let's stand to our feet, heads bowed and eyes closed if you would. I know you don't always have an invitation, but I'd like to just give one this evening if that's all right. Let me ask you this evening, where are you spiritually? Let me just, what's your heart towards the lost? When's the last time you was eat up with just getting closer to God? When's the last time you were eat up with you read your Bible, but you really didn't hear from heaven like you wanted to. When's the last time you talked to somebody and they didn't get saved and it broke your heart? I don't know your heart this evening, but I know this. We need folks like you to have revival. So that we can see God do greater things in our nation so we don't continue to lose it. Father, please take the message tonight. Lord, I pray you spoke to hearts. Pray that there was something said that the Holy Spirit of God used. Lord, I pray that during the invitation time, Lord, if you spoke to hearts that people respond. Thank you for the opportunity again to be down at your house to preach the Word of God. In Jesus' name I pray. If you would, sis, just play a simple song. God spoke to your heart. Why don't you just come this evening and talk to Him? I'm not for mechanical invitations, but I sure am for giving God an opportunity to work in a heart. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace.